Aloha. Thank you for joining Healing with Aloha podcast. I'm Desmond Hakias. This podcast is to bring hope and healing with Aloha. It's storytelling with special guests and myself. I'm Desmond Hakias. And it's a pleasure to have you join us and sending a lot of aloha and positive energy for those who are on their grief journey. Aloha from the island of Kauai. I'm Desmond Hakias and I'm in Hawaii on the island of Kauai. Today I'll be sharing about overcoming loss of a loved one. I want to begin first with a story. Back in 2001, 11 days after September, the September 11th event in America, well in the world, I called home to speak to my mother. However, my younger sister, Kiala, answered the phone and we just had a, a brief conversation just seeing what her plans were. I was sick that day and she was getting ready to go out to dinner. And and then we said goodbye. And I don't recall if I had said, I love you. I, I really can't remember. Well, Later on that evening, I could hear someone calling my name through my window. And they said, Desi, that's my nickname. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Desen Hakias. Um, and I heard through my window while I'm sleeping, Desi, open the door. And I'm like, open the door? Like, Desi, open the door. And I was like, okay. Because I was living in an apartment with roommates. And so I opened the door. When I opened the door, the news that I received, I never in my worst nightmare would ever happen. And they said, it was my sister and my brother-in-law. And they said, Desi, Kiala, my sister, my little sister, our little sister, she died in a car, from being in a car accident. And I was like, no, she's fine. I just spoke to her today. She's fine. She, she, she's okay. And, and then that moment just felt like my heart got shattered in a gazillion pieces. And I didn't want to accept that reality. And we, we go to my brother's house and I'm like, is she okay? Um, they offer for me to call home because we were living on another Hawaiian island. And I called my mother and you can hear my mom just sobbing and sobbing. And I tried to talk to my dad. My auntie jumped on the phone and in, in her, her, in our own language, it's called pigeon. 
language, um, it's broken English. I said, is, is Allah okay? And she said that she was gone. And, and everything up until that point just changed. Everything. And so, overcoming loss of a loved one. How, how do you deal with that? The first thing I can share, this year makes 19 years since um, my sister died from being in a vehicle accident, is to be patient with yourself. There is so many things that go on in our lives, and as much as we can plan out our days, our months, our years, project it ahead, our goals for our family and for our businesses, the unexpected will come. We didn't, I didn't plan for my sister to die. And so it's important to be patient with yourself. Your mind, your body is having to adapt and to accept this change. And, and it's not easy. I've always been someone who is very determined, um, you know, growing up, experiencing um, difficulties, um, dealing with um, verbal abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse. I learned growing up how to just persevere and to be resilient and to, to fight to see what was positive. In this instant, <clears throat> Although my fate was in God, it, it, it was it was tested. It's, it's like this doesn't feel like love. This isn't what I signed up for. But that is life. And so overcoming a loss, be patient with yourself and be patient with the people that are in your life. You can go through the same experience with your family and your friends. And each of you will interpret and respond differently. Some people will take months, will take years, take lifetime to process this change, this loss. Whereas other people, you'll feel like, did you go through what I went through because they just maybe don't cry or they, they refuse to talk about what happened? But when we all grieve, it's a personal journey. And depending how close you are to that person, each and every one of us is going to receive it and deal with it according to our coping skills and what works for us but nonetheless we still need to do what we need to do to process the loss and adapting our lives to the new normal without physically having that person in our life although they're always with us spiritually
a tip uh, for dealing with loss that I found that has been very helpful is music and art. I think sometimes when people are grieving, depending on on this on how they pass the person passed away, if it was a tragic event, a tragic accident, or maybe it was their health declining, they had cancer, if maybe like for my grandmother, her kidneys were failing and she was. 82 years old by that point we will process it differently and so it's important for us to allow the emotions that come with dealing with our sadness dealing with our anger just allowing the emotions to come through the reason why music is everything and it's helpful is people who do music, who write song lyrics and the artists that convey it, uh, the producers, they are sharing a story through music. And sometimes it's harder for us to process our own lives and what's going on with our own lives but a particular song a particular music group a particular singer has learned to be in tune with their hearts with their lives and they they are able to convey it in music in ways that you would never know and it, and it gives you permission to do the same. When you hear someone express sadness, anger, or whatever emotion that you're having difficulty associating with, identifying with, it gives you permission to do the same. I, I, have, my, I have two dads. My mom remarried. And my father, back in 2012, uh, unfortunately, he was in an accident, a vehicle-related accident, not in the same manner as my sister. And he had to be medevaced into, from one Hawaiian island to another one, to another hospital. And I was able to fly over and to see him and to express my love and goodbye although he died in less than 24 hours there's a song that's helped me throughout the years Uh, it's by Luther Vandross and it's called Dance With My Father and when I hear the song and when I sing the song it, it helps me to identify the, the sadness that we can feel. The song talks about how the moment when he, like, you know, crying and how he, he wished he could take away, like, the pain um, for his mom because he can hear her crying through the door. And, and that was like, <clears throat> I can 
feel that way internally I'm really sad I really miss my dad externally life just seems to just go on like people just keep going and a lot of times we don't feel we have the ability to to cry to process and to accept the changes in our life and so music has given me permission to cry Maybe it's in the shower, so at least when I cry, it's like I'm already wet and the tears, you know, flows and my body, it just feels refreshed and, you know, I can just carry on my day, but it's not something that I'm doing outside of my work schedule or being around my son or my family. And so music is powerful in allowing us to to grieve and because we are able to feel the pain and the sadness the anger whatever comes with that person that we're missing and we love you are able to swing the pendulum to the opposite side of feeling happiness of feeling joy uh, a desire to to connect with people whereas our tendency when we're grieving we can just isolate ourselves and feel so alone and allow our sadness to, to make us not feel we're good enough to be around or that we can relate to people because we're just sad um, hi um, but in actuality we all are gonna die and it's our reality and so if we can just open our hearts to allowing people to be a part of the process of our grief journey it gives them insight if they've never lost someone it gives them insight to prepare that one day they will die. Their parents, grandparents, maybe their brother, sister, their child will die, and they will die. And so grief becomes normalized, and it doesn't become something that's far-fetched. And by you sharing your journey on grief, it allows people to mentally, emotionally, physically prepare for what's to come. It's part of life. Lastly, it's important when you're on your grief journey to do what makes you happy every day. Last year, my last grandparent, my grandmother, a cancer survivor, she almost died a couple years ago she ended up having to be medevac from one island to another Hawaiian island uh, to get um, the pacemaker and so last year she went into hospice care and 
it was hard because that was my like my best friend and I I remember telling her like I don't know what to do because being a caretaker is a lot don't need to cry and I could see that um, my mother who's her main caretaker was starting to um, experience burnout and I remember talking to my grandmother like you know I don't know what to do because I was out of job I've been there for almost three years and it was difficult um, I was trying to make it work but it there was personal stuff not the job itself was great it's just there was like an environment that wasn't beneficial for my health and I kept getting sick and so I felt maybe I should just resign and focus on taking care of her because she was about to transition into hospice care and my grandmother 82 years old looks at me she said Desi you have to do what makes you happy because in the end you can't blame no one and I just cried and cried when you're a people pleaser you you tend to put aside your happiness you 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 do technically what is right by your parents or society standard of success um, even if <clears throat> it goes against you and so of course i cried because i felt it was unfair like it's easy for you to say that grandma like i didn't tell her this but I thought, it's easy for you to say that. You're my grandma. You know, you're elder. You don't have to deal with people in my life <laughs> if I make the wrong decision. So after I cried and I, I, I reflected, thought about it, I remember in 2013 when her husband, my grandfather, uh, died the day before he passed. I said, Papa, it's okay. You can go now. We'll take care of grandma. And he shook his head. He couldn't even open his eyes. Uh, he had fought so hard um, against cancer. And his body just was like, done. And he shook his head. He said, no. And I was like, gosh, my grandpa doesn't even trust us <laughs> that we can take care of her. And so I decided to resign from my job. Because I wanted to keep my promise to my grandfather. Um, excuse me. And... I wanted to be able to help relieve the responsibilities on my mother completely because she needed it. This is her third parent that would be in hospice care in her home and, and she, she had to go through it and I wanted to alleviate that stress. And so basically, um, that is something that I took to heart do what makes you happy that is a decision I don't regret uh, my grandmother ended up uh, living way longer than um, hospice had expected her to live she went into hospice care in March she was able to go to um, Las Vegas Nevada with the family and to go visit her sister and celebrate her 80th birthday and then she uh, she died in September. If you do, oh, excuse me. 
if you do what makes you happy, even in the midst of grief and processing your new normal without someone who you absolutely love and who absolutely loves you. I mean, maybe it's hard to to find someone like that in this, like now. Uh, If you do what makes you happy, you'll attract people that do the same. And it's healthy for you to slow down if you have to and and even make life decisions whether it's a career change maybe you realize you know now is the time that I'm gonna start that business or now is the time I'm gonna pick up the guitar now is the time that I'm going to give myself permission to do what I've been afraid to do because of people's judgment of who I am and what, I, what I'm about to do. So when my grandmother, <clears throat> the year before my grandmother, yeah, the year before my grandmother passed away, you know, I'm still grieving. My dad died in 2012. My grandpa died in 2013. And it's 2018. I struggle with anxiety. I got diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder after my sister died back in 2006. Uh, Dwayne Johnson is one of my favorite actors. Well, he is my favorite actor. And I heard there was a movie casting call back in 2018. I've never been in a movie. (laughs) And I just wanted to see him. I'm like, I just want to see him. And I remember trying. I I went for the movie casting. He didn't show up. (laughs) But I went anyways. There ended up being about a thousand people who tried out for the casting. And I was able to be a background actress on my first movie. Uh, It's a Disney movie. It's called Jungle Cruise. Uh, It's going to be... It was supposed to... Uh, released last year got pushed back to this year but because of the pandemic it got pushed back to next year so anyways so I got to be in that movie anxiety a lot of anxiety but I showed up got in anxiety but I kept showing up because that's that's what I mean and I got to see him I didn't get to talk to him but I got to see him the next year my grandmother goes into hospice care opportunity comes up to be in a second movie it was uh, the Fast and the Furious spinoff Hobbs and Shaw I have to dress up I end up wearing my grandmother I I needed to dress a certain year like I think it was like throwback so I borrowed one of my grandmother's shirts Um, and so I got to be in the movie and then the movie came out last year in July she was still alive and I remember like I'm gonna be honest sometimes you fear success and you fear failure but I'm gonna tell you you take baby steps and you go towards it even scared 
I, I did the second movie and I remember telling my grandmother, oh, I have to go to, to do the outfit, you know, to try on the outfit. Um, and then, you know, just sharing with her my experience with the Disney movie and I sharing with her with my the, the second movie with Hobbs and Shaw. It brought her so much joy and I'll forever have that memory. I was in a movie and the shirt that I was wearing was her shirt. So it's something that is special. And I learned that when you do what makes you happy, you, in essence, carry on people's legacy. Sorry. Ugh. The people who love you, that you miss, that want you to be happy, they still want you to be happy. They don't desire for you to be sad the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years. I don't know how many more years you have left. They want you to be happy. And so, um, excuse me. That is what I've learned with overcoming losses. Life consists of moments and your moments become your memories. And it's all little decisions that add up to bigger decisions. And I just wanted to remind you to be patient with yourself, to lean into music and art, to process your emotions and feelings because it's healthy, um, it's normal. To cry, to be happy, to be sad, to be angry, to feel numb. And as my 82-year-old grandma told me, do what makes you happy. It may not make sense to your family, your friends, but it makes you happy. Sometimes in life, we can be doing something, but we don't step back to really reflect and ask, am I happy with the job I'm doing, with the time I'm investing in what I'm doing? Am I happy with my relationships? When you go through grief, it, it helps you. To step back and decide what really is important and what isn't. And it allows you permission to shift your values, to shift your life, and to, excuse me, <laughs> and to do what is necessary for you. To be happy and to teach your family and your friends to do the same. Because life is short. It's like a blink of an eye. You cannot rewind time. And tomorrow's not promised to you. Today is maybe what you don't know. Today may be your last day. But you can be kind. You can be loving. 
you can show aloha you can make a difference in someone's life and in doing so you give them permission to do the same so thank you so much for your, this time allow overcoming your loss to change you to transform you and to make decisions that will not only matter to you but will change the lives of many to come aloha <laughs>